WWE. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 159 of Let's Talk WWE. It is the show post WrestleMania. We should be super hyped because we can talk about what happened or who made their intro on the post-episode of Raw. That wasn't the case, um, but we're here to talk specifically about WrestleMania 36, not one, but two nights of it. I'm your host, Sonny Sangera, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the man with the plan, Woo! Mr. Lee Baker. Did you woo because of what happened with the NXT Women's ti- uh, Title match? I, I just, just feel like that's just there. kind of a you know a nod towards uh, things. <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting weekend of uh, everything wrestling and uh, you know quite frankly outside activities shortly thereafter. Definitely, definitely. Um, and before we you know we're here to talk about WrestleMania, but before we get into that, just again, both me and Lee. Wish you all, everyone who's listening is safe, you're staying at home, we hope your family and friends are safe and everything, we wish you all the best, and um, yeah, you know, we had that distraction over the whole uh, world, just talking about coronavirus, we had the distraction with WrestleMania over two nights, and Lee, it would have been, if it was one night, six and a half hours long. I, I just still find that absolutely. Actually, you say that it, it would almost be more because of the whole like you know musicians doing music and obviously the entrances as well. I think I think a lot of talent got a lot more time because the matches all seemed pretty decent in length, bar yeah. two of them, <laughs> which were the two yeah. most important. Well, ones. well but, one one in particular has obviously now gone down as the one of the longest matches, um, which I'm pretty sure we'll talk about. But yeah, it just like some of the matches, I think. It worked, giving them the extra time. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And kind of the showcase, even though there was no fans. That's it. And um, yeah, we'll go straight into it. So night one on Saturday, uh, really quick. Uh, Cesaro Gulak, uh, really. Good they, match. they set. Even though it was the first match and it was on the kickoff show, they set the precedent uh, that the whole night was going. It wasn't just these guys, but everyone was going to be hard hitting, weren't they? Yeah, I think. I mean, you, you saw some stuff as well that you know, was almost technical wrestling that you wouldn't anticipate a traditional WWE event to have. Um, and I was actually quite shocked by this. I actually thought this was going to be, you know, the kind of the day two match pre-show, but obviously it was understandable because of the match that happened on day one as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then obviously WrestleMania, I'll tell you straight, this match would not have opened WrestleMania, if WrestleMania was in a stadium <laughs> or anything, because now I think they've set a precedence over the last three or four years that people fight to get that first position because the crowd are the hottest and you can get your match out of the way when the crowd are the loudest and you're done then for the night. But it was the Women's Tag Team Championship, the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, two things. Number one, great from all four of them. Um, Oscar needs her own podcast but you know it was a great match <laughs> super hard hitting again you could just tell that yeah there was going to be a lot of thumps I think this pay-per-view held the record for the most back smacks and back punches um, because it makes the most noise but fair play to all four I think they had a better match in no with no fans than they would have had with fans 
Yeah, because I think it was, as you kind of said, with the backhands and everything, I think a lot of it was to do with the noise coming from the wrestlers themselves. Mm. Uh, I think that the intriguing thing for me, obviously, with what I have, bleh, with what happened with the outcome is it's clearly evident that Kyrie Sane is considering moving on. Um, you know, her husband obviously works for New Japan, stuff like that, obviously, with the outcome that happened. I think regardless, this is what would have happened anyway, but it's clear there's obviously a, a direction going forwards with both uh, tag teams, if you will. Other than that, it was, you know, it was it was a good match. I don't think there's anything more you can really add to it, Sonny. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. And then we move on to a match that actually uh, surprised me a bit. It, it was the length it needed to be, um, and this match definitely benefited with no um, crowd, and that was King Corbin versus Elias, because it allowed... The one thing I really liked about the... Um, probably the thing I liked about the no crowd the most was the fact that the story could be told verbally as well while yeah. they were fighting, and Corbin and Elias, you know, they... they Obviously, the first two matches didn't have it, but this was the first of many matches that continued their feud during the match via verbal talking, you know, and that guitar shot before the match had even started with no crowd and just the echo of that shot. You just got to have respect for the talent. I, I would have been so upset if the shot didn't come across as loud or like the... I mean, obviously, they would have really typed right, but if the guitar wasn't read correctly... It would have just been bad. Again, I, I, I kind of wish that this was kind of portrayed out further, I think. And again, you know, I'll give Corbin his due when he came in NXT, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, it wasn't great. And now he's really kind of become almost one of the best heels in WWE for his character and his kind of personality. But, well... He this sees, is obviously where do, where do you go from here now? You know, is Elias the 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 fall, if you will? You know, obviously against Corbin for kind of holding the tights. I think um, I don't really want to talk about Elias. I thought it was one of his better matches. Um, I like the physicality side of it. I like the fact that he was really rough and he just wanted to destroy Corbin. You know, the fast punches, the fast stomping. You know, just a clean move got it over and done with. That's the sort of character Elias needs to be. Um, you know, that street rough fighter. But I think for Corbin, if the best way to put it for me is I see Corbin as ravishing Rick Rude. He's not as good as ravishing Rick Rude, but he's that level. Rude never went to the title picture. He was the enhancement heel talent for the top talent, but he also held... So he's in between. Like So he never reaches main event. And when the main eventers need to come away from a title feud and get enhanced, they, they beat Corbin in a feud like Roman does. But all the talent below him, he beats. If you know what I mean, he's yeah. That, like I think you put an Intercontinental or a United States on Baron Corbin, and you give it for him a long, give it to him for a long time. He can really elevate that story to eventually who takes it off him. It's a huge moment. It's a huge pop. You know what I mean. And that's what he is to me. He He's not main event material for me because no matter how hard he works, he excels in that, like just that, you know, that medium spot, mid card spot, but he needs to be like top mid card, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I definitely think, I also feel he, 
uh, he do do I think he deserves or needs a championship? I don't think he does. But you know what I mean? Because obviously, it no, but I think about it like if <clears throat> say he was a nobody. Um, the heel always does better with a belt in the mid card range. So I would yeah. put like the belt on Corbin, have him constant, you know, put two cronies with him from NXT or a lowly tag team, have him just keep, you know, Owen Hart style, just keeps winning the IC or retaining the IC title by the skin of his teeth or by cheating, like Shawn Michaels did, has it for such like sensational sherry, you know, actually putting a female talent or someone with him would work wonders, you know, because then he would hold the belt for so long and then he eventually loses it. At the, and, and the thing is, you could build it to the point where that match, where he loses it to someone huge, would be the main event of a pay-per-view because they could do it right. WWE have shown so many times in the past that if you do it right, i.e. seen as United States Challenge, right? Yeah. Or when Seth Rollins was a heel and he was the United States Champion, I'm sure he there was at least one pay-per-view that didn't involve the world title where he main evented with the United States on the line, and it's just a case of, like, it could be um, KO, well, it's SmackDown, isn't it? So it could be somebody from yeah. the SmackDown roster who can build up to that victory and then take it off him, you know. Um, well, it's a superstar shakeup, so it would fit somebody like Kevin Owens or Ricochet, perfect. Ricochet's the yeah. perfect guy, you know, four-month <laughs> chase for it, you know, where you slowly build, where Corbin has the belt and then Ricochet takes it off him, but you kind of do it at the Rumble or something like that, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to do it now because you can't really build stories with everything that's going on now. They're going to find it really hard. But yeah, Corbin's there. He's a great enhancement talent, but he's top of the mid card in terms of the heels for me. Um, but speaking of heels, Lee, oh, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. Oh, <laughs> that, was a hard, that, that was a thumping, hard-hitting match. Oh, um, dear, I'm so disappointed with it, though. I think, if you remember, I think it was a month or a month and a half ago, uh, Rousey was at WWE headquarters. I yeah, think with, um, was it, uh, Cain Velasquez. That's yeah, I, was I think the initial plan, for me, I think what they would have done is have or had Rousey in the crowd cheering Shayna on, and then Becky either getting distracted um, by Rousey or something, which leads Baszler to win. Um, and then that sets a feud up, but it sets a future of Becky-Ronda feud up, you know, when Becky eventually wins the belt back. But I think because that felt... Because there's no way Ronda wouldn't have been at WrestleMania 36, so I think they changed tack and changed plans when that obviously happened. But you know the feud's not over. You could tell by the end of the match, the way they finished it, Austin, Brett, um, Kyrie Sane as well it was a simple yeah it was basically a simple roll up but no one kind of did their main moves Mm. if you know what I mean it was yeah it was almost like I think the terminology people use with like Champa and Gargano is holding back until the big kind of blow off Um, I guess I guess there's 50-50 way of looking at it the first way for me was obviously you built up Shayna Baszler Elimination Chamber to beat everybody and then Becky got a fluke win against Shayna or Vince definitely does not like Shane Baszler. So my question to you is, uh, with with Baszler losing her first shot at the title, does that give you pause to anyone or yourself thinking that she's a f- sure fire star on the main event roster? 
She's a, what, five-star, did you say? Sure, five-star. Like, we all thought that she's going to be the big thing, but do you think that that's paused now? I think I think it's been paused and killed, almost kind of like Charlotte beating Asuka at WrestleMania. Uh, and look kind of what how hindered that was for Asuka as a result. It's... I, I personally would have still stuck by what I said, which is Shayna basically choked Becky out completely, shock, horror, what just happened. And you then kind of go from there because I know we're touching on Raw, but there was no kind of, you know, it was backstage promo stuff, of course, but nothing really that kind of made me go, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. I just, I see why they've done it because obviously it gives them storyline content for a while, but I do think it does hinder um, Shayna. Definitely. And then moving on to the match that I was really secretly excited about, but worried about in regards to how much time they were going to get. And that was my uh, worry that came true, which was um, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. The level of expectancy was so high for me because we know what both men can do. Yeah. Um, and they told a great story, I thought, in the match, the typical t- sort of champion that Sami Zayn is, um, which, again, going back to what I was saying with Baron Corbin, but your thoughts on the match? Um, obviously, Sami Zayn continues the story and the chase will continue. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, I had, I remember if I deeper I down, I think I did. Um, it makes sense for the kind of story to continue, which I, you know, I am happy about. Um, I feel that this really feud is aimed at pushing Grulak, Drew uh, Gulak, which is you know a win for me as well. Especially we talked about mid card and SmackDown and everything like that as well. Um, yeah, again, it's it's that horrible feeling, isn't it, where you know two wrestlers, if you as you've just mentioned, that are really phenomenal at doing what they are. And they're not given the opportunity. So yeah, it, you know, it was what it was, really. Mm, definitely. Do you think uh, the Cesaro Gulak match was better than Sami Zayn versus um, Yeah, definitely. Um, I was more entertained by the Brian Zayn match, but that was because of everything that was happening in the story. Um, but the thought of obviously having all these guys in a feud. The potential is, excuse the poetry, the potential is exponential on that yeah. in terms of what can happen in the ring, but they're not letting it happen, you know. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Sorry about all that back noise. I was asking the wife to get me a cider. <laughs> well, curiosity, what cider is it? I'm intrigued. The uh, Aldi, is it Alska? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm Nordic Berries Fruit Cider. So good. Nice. Sponsorship from Aldi. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the match that um, was second. One of my, as I mentioned last week, it was one of my highest, um, you know, matches that I anticipated for. And that was the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Obviously, with The Miz being sick, um, it affected other members on the team. So it was singles. It was John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus... Jimmy Uso in a ladder match. Uh, what a match, Lee. And it just you just have more respect for anyone who goes through a ladder match when there's no crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. It was a great match. I think they got every... You know, I feel if Morrison was the one that was sick and obviously Miz had to replace, I don't think it would have had the same impact oh, yeah, and the definitely. same kind of 
free flowing of it. And to be fair, the finish was really well done. It allows future story booking to continue. Um, it means that SmackDown itself can have content moving forward as well. So all in all, yeah, really good. No I complaints. Mean, I said it to you last Hockey week Pops. as well, Lee, uh, when we spoke about it. I said, obviously, I'm always going to favour the Usos, but the Miz and, as I said, with no crowd, the Miz and John Morrison have been an entertaining watch, you know, at the performance centre. It's really allowed them, they've had time to get their personality out which they used to have back in the day. And they've actually brought some gravitas to that SmackDown Tag Team Championship on SmackDown, you know, because you've got that team, you've got the New Day, you got this, you compare the tag team from the Raw division to the SmackDown division, right? It's night and day in terms of feuds and competition. So it's good that they've got it and they've kept it and then obviously they can, the chase can go on. And I honestly do feel bad because I feel like these three teams would have sat down and had some TLC-level matches yeah. <laughs> in their head before everything that happened did happen. But, um, you know, Morrison had the WrestleMania moment, which was running the whole entire length of the rope um, and hitting Kofi, obviously, with the move. Um, that was absolutely amazing. And then Kofi springboarding onto a Hurricanrana off the ladder. It was an amazing match. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, definitely, I'm happy with... Even though I'm, I'm a big... I was devastated the Usos didn't win. I'm happy that Miz and Morrison won because it continues the enjoyment of the tag team division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. Have you got anything to say about um, the Gronk and the 24-7 championship? <laughs> you saw it coming, right? Let's be fair. Apparently, uh, an elbow to the a, a tiny elbow to the chest can knock you down for a three car. <laughs> I was going to say, what what a heroic you know you know passing of the torch. I mean, you, you can see why WWE's done it. Obviously, they want media to be focused on the Gronk being the champion, all this different kind of stuff like that. Yeah, it is what it is, right? Um, second best match of the night for me: Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. And when I say the second best match of the night, um. Big, big thing for me was the verbal in this match. Listening to Seth, just you really get into his Messiah character while wrestling was so good. And then hearing Kevin just come out with bullshit when he could, you know, when he wasn't on the receiving end. And I did get really pissed when Seth got himself DQ'd, but then they just went from fourth gear to six gear when that match restarted and obviously the, the 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 big move of the night which was KO off the top of the sign your thoughts of course it was it's yeah that was that was you know a Wrestlemania uh, you know, no pun intended it was definitely a Wrestlemania moment that was probably the standout part for me um, that was semi-memorable and you can probably guess why I'm going to talk about memorable later but um, yeah Really good match. Um, it 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 worked really really well. And then obviously on Raw, Seth killed somebody. It was great, <laughs> and, it, and it really showed the, the the hate and disgust between them two um, by being able to talk and us being able to listen to them. And it was actually refreshing to go old school and just have somebody do a big spot, get the other person in the ring and just clean hit him with the move and pin him one, two, three, no yes. near falls or anything, <laughs> you know. And I think it would have been interesting. I think they would have gone down uh, maybe, you know, where Miz and Shane were. 
in their yeah. false count anywhere match. They probably would have gone somewhere around there to do the elbow drop spot if there was a crowd. Um, because they wouldn't have done it on the stage. The stage is too fucking far away from the ring to do it yeah. up there. But um, yeah, really, really good match. I really, really enjoyed it. And um, it was one that I definitely kept up for. Now, I'm not calling this a match. I'm calling it a segment. It was the Universal Championship. Goldberg versus Braun <laughs> Strowman. Your thoughts? Oh, um, Braun's decision. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I would rather have Goldberg have the title even up to the point of when, um, you know, when everything is obviously all blown over. Obviously, it's been reported why Goldberg dropped the title. It was obviously because um, his last date was this WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not committed to any other date. But if, if I'm completely honest, I, you know, if I was WWE, I would have said to him, right, how much is it going to cost you for one more date? Here's kind of an open checkbook. Done promos behind the scenes of, you could have even done stuff like taunting Roman, all these different kind of things. And then Roman beats Goldberg. And then there's that kind of wow moment. I think this between this and the Shayna Baszler Becky Lynch, I think this is the one that really did need that crowd reaction. If Roman was gonna beat Goldberg, instead, obviously we had spear, 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 power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam. If I, if, if it was me, I would have had Braun Strowman, Jack Hammer, no word of a lie, Jack Hammer, Goldberg, and then Braun becomes his heel, and he keeps Jack Hammering people, but. Yeah, it was interesting because I was a bit hyped for Goldberg and Roman because I thought if they do this right, then, you know, they had two powerful title matches where you could do proper training videos and strength and stuff. I like the idea of only one spear, you know, can can rule in this match where it would be Roman or Goldberg. And I thought, yeah, this is really cool the way they're building it up. And yeah, the original plan was Roman to win when Roman went down sick. You know, a temporary plan within WWE was for Goldberg to retain and then have the match at SummerSlam with Roman. But then, as you mentioned, the availability of Goldberg, he would have to cancel everything. Well, he's had to, but he would have had to cancel anything he ha- else he had to, to, to keep the belt. And um, that obviously was just too much money and that wasn't something that WWE wanted to do. And I think at the same time, the silver lining for Braun is he needed it. Um, and it's good that it's happened with not having him or them taping live Raws or Smackdowns because we can they can slowly think about how they're going to do Braun as champion because he's obviously going to go up against Roman when Roman's ready, but they just need to take their time with Braun now because it's very rare that there's been a title change and they can't do anything with a champion. <laughs> no, so, I think that's, that's what's going to make SmackDown very interesting on Friday. Well, that's, uh, that's it. It's both Raw and SmackDown. You know, you know, it's good that these two champs... Because the big thing is, Lee, as well, is what a lot of listeners don't realise is the etiquette and um, morale backstage with WWE superstars. And a big thing that is whoever is the champion because they're the, the locker room leader, you know, because the Undertaker's not there. And... Everybody said it on the first night and then the second night, you know, uh, Big E, I approve of our new locker room leader in Braun Strowman and other wrestlers saying the same thing and then saying it on the second night with Drew McIntyre. So it's, it's, it's had a big knock-on effect backstage with talent. It's like the talent seem to be happy that these two have the belt. Yeah, I think as well the other difference is they're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can say, well, Drew's not as much in Braun's, but you know what I mean? They're fresher. It's a new... 
direction. Um, and I think I think that's why I would want so Drew saves face, Braun turns heel, um, and you know we kind of go from there. But speaking of going from there, Sonny. <laughs> I'm going to say Lee you know this was my favourite match of the night um, oh my god it sounds so good <laughs> it was it was one of those where you had to put your reality check to the side you had to understand what you were going to get it wasn't you know when WWE said before it's a real cinematic experience you knew exactly what it was it was coming from the broken universe it was a bit more grounded than the broken universe until the last two minutes of it but it was still you know what you're going to get with this match. And the whole thing is you're entertained while you're watching it. I'll be honest with you, if it was a stadium, it wouldn't, as we said last week, it wouldn't have been a boneyard match. It would have been a match inside the stadium. And, you know, that's why he chose AJ to wrestle because he wanted a great match with AJ. So, and the, the, the weird thing about this was when I watched it, I thought, oh, people are going to shit on this. To my surprise and to my and I was happy. People really liked it because it was just something different. You know what I mean? And it it got a bit dumb at the end. The tractor spot got really stupid, but it was just fun. You know what I mean? It was something different and it was fun. And the camera angles and everything the production company used they were just cool. Undertaker coming into Metallica, everything. It was just a bit crazy, wasn't it? It was. I think again. I feel. I feel the ending was wrong, mm-hmm. but I then refreshed my head and kind of said about it. Went, well, the good thing is you can have AJ in six months' time come out and say, Undertaker buried me. I couldn't get out until the good brother. You know, like mm. it worked with AJ in that way because he can get over with everybody. But the, the crazier thing for me is out of all of this is AJ Styles known in TNA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, has become a WWE champion. He's been the almost a brand now for WWE, and who would have thought that he would be main eventing at WrestleMania? And when I mean main eventing, I do, you know, I mean that I know Shinsuke Nakamura won the Rumble, but it wasn't the last match on the card. But, but even I mean, I mean with two unf- nights, with the exception of Drew, everyone's talking AJ Taker, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're not talking about Five Five Funhouse as much. They're, well, Edge and Orton's obviously in a negative light, not in a positive light. You know, this really was. And the, 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 the amazing kind of spectacle that is WrestleMania. And if you're AJ, you're probably absolutely loving it because you've, you've come from this humble beginnings of, WCW to literally this point and it was I believe it was Taker uh, not Taker sorry I believe it was Kurt chatted with Taker about yeah, yeah. a match with and I must admit I really can't wait for the Taker documentary on the network yeah definitely and I think two things for me that would have been perfect for this match one is um when the Good Brothers came out and they were beating up The Undertaker, I think the tractor bit would have been cool with um, Kane being behind AJ and uh, not really attacking AJ, just kind of punching AJ up off the tractor, but then him beating up The Good Brothers. And then while he's doing that, Undertaker slowly gets out 
And then the fight continues with him and AJ and Kane's kind of got rid of the good brothers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then at the end, with the hand, they should have shown the good brothers just trying to, like, it ends with them, like, grabbing the hand to try and pull him out. Yes, I think definitely. I think this is... That's all it needed and it would have been perfect. (laughs) Yes, at least then it's like, okay, AJ's literally been buried, but the good brothers are trying to get him out and it just would work because then it's like, did they get him out? Didn't they get him out? is, you know, and the, the exciting thing of this is I don't think this is the last of the AJ Taker feud. I think there will actually be a match match. Um, we'll I don't, you know, it doesn't need to be, but there's room for that to happen now. Definitely. And it's something we'll have to wait and see um, where they go with that. But yeah, the way they came in and everything, again, the verbals worked really, really well. And... It was something that was just different and people really liked it and enjoyed it. And that that was the key thing. And that was the end of the first night, Lee. Um, so of all the matches, what was your match of the night for the first night? You can probably guess what it's going to be. It's AJ Taker because I think it was... When, when you always hear about rumours, speculation or, you know, if it's a dream game, if it's a dream movie, a dream uh, sporting event, whatever it may be, you have that kind of intrigue and they really pulled it off and i i guarantee i know a few of the people that would have probably set it up i think triple h was definitely one of them jerry borash would have been because he, the whole final deletion stuff with matt hardy which we've touched upon hmm. it 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 was like the perfect way to end mania part one hmm. yeah i agree it was my favorite match tonight i was thoroughly entertained while i was watching it Moving on then uh, to night two. Don't really need to talk about this much. Yeah, let's not talk about pre-show. I don't think it was great. I think they could have done something else and somebody else. <laughs> but, I mean, at least, at least Natalia did. Natalia is one of those that will um, politely bug you if she's not on the card and question yes. it. Um, and I think they just thought, just put her on the card. You know what I mean? Just just let Liv beat her. But again, the key thing is, I think I would have been pissed off more than Liv had lost. So it was good that Liv won. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then moving on to, um, you know, what a way to start the, the, the night two with the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley not coming out in black. Um, yeah. Charlotte Flair giving her video game, comic book adaption. Um, nod there from... Rhea Ripley, but your thoughts on the match, dude? Yeah, I think the match itself was good. It was actually technical. It was very old school, 90s-style wrestling with Charlotte going for the knees and everything like that. You know, when when you do look at it now, obviously it makes sense that Charlotte won. Um, What doesn't make sense, again, we'll talk about this about five, ten minutes uh, later down the lines, obviously what happened later on in the card with uh, a certain female wrestler. But, you know, WWE, I think now are starting to realise that AEW isn't just now an indie company, and I think you'll see a lot more. You know, we saw it with Finn Balor, we've now seen it with Charlotte to really get eyes on the product. But Charlotte can now help. I feel the women's division in NXT because when you do look at the roster, other than Io Shirai and possibly Candice Ray. There's not really a name there that current WWE fans would know. 
I have to be careful with wording then, because obviously indie wrestlers, I know a lot of them and others will, but I think the generic WWE fan won't. Yeah, and it gives, obviously, it works two ways. It helps the NXT women's division stay competitive, but it helps the main audience be introduced to Rhea Ripley more. So if you go back and watch that match, it was perfectly done where it was like the teacher versus the student yeah in a way like the the established which was charlotte flair it was like brett sean iron like sean (laughs) brett who was like the 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 mainstay it was that sort of thing and it was a really really good match and they told a good story um on it i really enjoyed it um and i'm yeah at the same time i know charlotte is she said that she you know People are at that stage now where they just say, I'm unhappy in public, and then creative quickly bow down to them. And yes. Charlotte has that name, which is yeah. where, um, where she can kind of get what she wants in the end. Um, I mean, she's always in the, like, the big match at WrestleMania and stuff where she doesn't need to be. And it's just one of them. What can you do? Um, Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley, no real build up. We joked about it last week. Pretty decent, quick match. Nice little filler in there. Um, you got anything to say about it besides... Uh, um, it's, I think the match really itself was designed to separate Bobby Lashley from Lana, uh, in particular, because obviously Rusev is still not signed a contract. Um, I think that's, you know, the foresight now is that's the reason why this match was here. It was basically to give Alistair a win at Mania, uh, sow the seeds for Bobby Lashley and Lana, and that was really it. I think between that and the Corbin match, I would take the Corbin match over this. Uh, and I called it last week, Lee. I told you this was going to happen. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> She's going to come in and they're going to end up having a kiss at the end, you know, like that WrestleMania. Oh, what a fairy tale ending. Uh, not really much to say about the match itself, uh, except for I know there was no crowd, but it felt like Dolph took his balls off with that cheap shot. Like <laughs> full on kick, you know. It's just like why, Dolph? Why? <laughs> what a hero! Definitely. Um, and then we move on to again. This this is this is the thing that pisses me off. But I mean, this is what wrestling does. So you got the last man standing match, which is Edge versus Randy Orton. It's oh, the most heated feud on the entire WrestleMania weekend, more than any match that's lined up. Keth, Kevin Owens, Seth. Undertaker, AJ, any of these matches, none of them have the hatred that Randy Edge do. They don't have the history Randy Edge do. And if this was in front of a stadium, it would have been shorter, but it wasn't in front of the stadium, so they just kind of went all out. And there's two things. People bitched about the length and people bitched about a particular spot. The length, I get it, but I said this to you last week. I said, because they can edit now, it will be a time where Edge and Randy can really like fledge out the feud because realistically on paper, there's no one else in WWE that has the history to do a match or a feud of this level, if you know what I mean. And the length didn't bother me. I I think it should have been the first match of night two though, because it would have been easier to watch then, you know, because the matches before this were a bit like, oh, I'm not really fussed about these. So we were tiring out before this match came on and then we were tiring out because it was 38 minutes. But I enjoyed it, especially the last like 10 minutes of it. It was it was everything I wanted this match to be. It was violent, hard-hitting, verbally pushing the story further. Um, you know, had great 
like you know a great ending to it obviously edge as well showing that even though he beat him it still meant something that relationship still means something and from a pure like obviously everything that they set out to do uh it worked really really well um again everyone's obviously talking about the chris benoit spot aren't they with the with the weighted rope yeah, I think that's. I think if they didn't do that spot, I don't think this match would be getting the the coverage that it has received. Mm. Um, you know, both from you know X, Y, and Z, and A, B, C, those different kind of. But I think had, had, had the documentary not come on Dark Side of the Ring, um, which you can watch on Vice via YouTube, uh, the, if the Chris Benoit episode hadn't come on, no one would have said anything. No, one person maybe, um, but he's a prat anyway on Twitter. Um, you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Wrestling Observer. But they just want to bitch about everything, right? And creating a storm that fast gets you at the center of attention and gets people communicating with you and talking with you. And it was so funny because he, it was perfect because this person mentioned it on Twitter, created the storm, but then said. I'll talk. I'm not talking about. It, I'll talk about it more on my show. But to what listen to the show, you got to subscribe to the show. So it was perfect marketing there, you know. But I, I get what it means. But I mean, I've read the story on it, uh, listeners. If you're not aware, so Chris Benoit obviously hung himself, um, which was via a rope, which had a weight to it. They did a spot in the match where Randy put Edge, in, uh, you know, the rope around his neck and things, which symbolised that obviously how Chris Benoit killed himself. Um, I don't know if you saw, Lee, the report came out that the editors put a note on the file, which went up to higher-ups, um, about that segment, if they wanted to edit out, and they said no. They, said, they didn't think it was big of, that big of a deal, you know. Um, but, again, it's not like people are talking about it now. There's bigger things to worry about in the world than a, a spot in a match. But... Your thoughts on the actual match? How did it do it for you? Obviously, the, the last man standing between Edge and Randy Orton. I think, I mean, you know, I again, I kind of watched it and then went back to re-watch it, if you know what I mean, as a way of kind of going, okay, this is what's going on and so forth like that. Um, I feel Stadium was, would have been better. Do you know what? Actually, I don't think... What's that, sorry? I said the stadium, this match needed the stadium, didn't it? It did, it needed the fans. Like, I think I, I wrote on Twitter, it's kind of thing of, you needed that moment when Edge came out, out of that WrestleMania entranceway, and everyone just knew stuff's about to go down. This honestly really did suffer from not having that interaction, even though if they did a last man standing match, around the block or wherever it was and stuff like that, I think it still needed it. And to be fair, I love the fact that A, Edge did the, the ladder um, scene, and then B, afterwards on Twitter, apologised to Beth. I just thought that was genius. Definitely. I just, I don't, I think this for me, in my mindset, is Edge probably felt the same way Taker semi-felt, with regards to the Goldberg match, but not because of working with Orton or the storyline, but more because of being in front of that crowd. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can see on his face as well when he came out, he wanted to be in the stadium, you know, but unfortunately, yeah. circumstances wouldn't allow that. Um, so we move on again. We don't want to talk about it. Gronk wins the 24-7 championship. 
Um, and then we had the Raw Tag Team Championship, the Street Profits defending against Angel, Gaza, and Austin Theory. Very short. Um, big spots in a quick match, but obviously the big thing to talk about in this is Bianca Belair um, coming out and looking like she is cementing herself on the main roster. Yeah, well, this is this is now the intriguing bit because obviously we just spoke about Charlotte, as I said, 10 minutes ago. Um, we're winning the NXT title. I feel that Bianca Belair beating Charlotte at NXT would have been the pinnacle of it, but it's been reported now that Bianca is now on Raw. So I, I don't, you know, is it is this going to be the match like in a year or two years time where Bianca Belair where uh, wins the Rumble and then Charlotte has a title at that point? And she challenges and beats. Charlotte Flair for it. That's really the only reason I can see this, you know, why this is kind of moulded. I think everybody's... I I, I think Bianca Belair will still be on NXT because she hasn't won it yet, has she? So I think they're going to put it on her. They're going to put it on her. I just think that it's a matter of time really. Yes, you can have um, Rhea Ripley going at it, but then it's just a bit of like same old, same old. You know, with everything going on now, it's going to be months before we get back to anything truly normal in terms of WWE television. Um, but, I mean, like you said, the feud's ready-made already for Bianca Belair. And it's not like, even if Charlotte pulls double duty, she can't feud with Bianca Belair because Bianca Belair's on Raw. <laughs> and Charlotte was on SmackDown, wasn't yeah. she? <laughs> so, uh, we then moved to the five-way league, um, which was Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina versus Naomi. I said three of the people were fillers. Two of them were. <laughs> One went all the way to the end, but your thoughts on the match? Did I not say it was even going to be Lacey Evans, uh, Lacey Evans or Bailey? and lo and behold, both were in the final two. Um, I like the way it was done. They said the bigger thing, as we said, didn't they? Which is Sasha Banks turning face. Yeah, that's that's where they're going. Um, yeah, it, it did what it it's meant to do, um, and really the destination for this is one place at SummerSlam. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we can get there. Yeah, it was a good match, pretty decent. Um, again, Sasha Banks did really really well in there, and you can see star written all over her. You know, if she wasn't in that match, that match would have been flat. But it's just having Sasha's presence in the match lifts it upper level um but yeah it was not bad and yeah it does set up obviously what's going to happen in the future lee hi <laughs> firefly funhouse i'm gonna leave it to you uh cheers for this is it because it's nwo related um i, I just want i just want to know because i want to know what you're i've got my opinion on it and okay. as i watched it if i enjoyed it or not but what, what what's your thought what was your thoughts i think it was the best thing they could have done a, to protect Cena. B, it was clever to utilise the fact that Cena's worst enemy is his is himself uh, as a result of it. Yeah, it, it was fine. If you if you gave me that or the Taker one, I would take the Taker Boneyard match. Mm. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what else to say. I've got to say... It's... I enjoyed it. Like I, as I watched it, I was laughing, but I was so engrossed in what I was watching, and it's again, it's that it's the entertainment side of sports entertainment, isn't it? And I was laughing, I was shocked, I was hyped on the NWO hit, 
And they were just, you know, that that's the sort of thing what it is. And to a lot of people, again, this was the same. This was such a polarizing match. Some people ridiculed. You either ridiculed it, or it was the best match of WrestleMania. You know, that's literally yeah. all I've seen. It's one or the other. You know, it's, um, it's I, I, literally a relationship. That's it. You know, and to be honest, it was probably the closest thing to true art WWE's ever done. <laughs> you know what I mean? With Cena yeah. himself and things like that. And it was stupid and it was silly, but that's what the Firefly Funhouse is. That's what the character is. That's what they're allowed to do with it, you know. And the funny thing is, like, for nothing has been able to penetrate trending terms that aren't coronavirus. And WWE did it almost 20 times. In over the weekend because of all the rest, the stuff they did at WrestleMania, you know, and people were happy about that, and it was the distraction, and people were talking about it all day yesterday. You know, they weren't talking about the horrible stuff in the world. The WWE did what they needed to do, which was take your mind off what's happening outside and entertain us with stupidity and laughter, and they did that. You know, yeah. however way you took it with the Firefly Funhouse match. Um, I hope they do more. I really do. You know, uh, did you see Eric Bischoff's post? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you haven't, it was basically um, Eric Bischoff filmed himself saying he's the only person to be fired in October and then main event WrestleMania in March <laughs> or April. So, I mean, that was the only bit I didn't understand. I was like, okay, we're going to target Eric Bischoff in this like scene. I mean, I think what it, what it does show is, at least, is that Bray was always a WCW boy. Mm. It's so true. Lee, we have it. We have our first ever UK WWE champion. Finally, you know we got close with the British Bulldog. We got what we thought was close with Wade Barrett and the Nexus when they were feuding with Cena. We're here now. We have it. We have a UK represented WWE champion. Drew McIntyre beats Brock Lesnar. Um, again, it was just a short match. They didn't obviously want to work a lot when there's no crowd. I think the match would have been longer had there been a crowd there. But, I mean, your thoughts more on the fact that, again, Drew McIntyre is now the man? It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, I think loads of people joked, didn't they, saying, like, Heath Slater, now you need to win a WWE championship. You know, like, the, the big one, whether it be the Universal or obviously the main one, because obviously Jinder's done it and Drew's done it. Well, if, if no if one can now ever take that. Does it, he's up there with, uh, they're up there with DX and Evolution, aren't they, with multiple world champions? Because, like, at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So, the so when it comes to Hall of Fame, it's going to be a huge, you know, a huge impact of it. But, you know, in all honesty, I think, you know, Drew has deserved it. It's almost like it's a fairy tale in the way that, you know, Vince, when Drew was, I think, 23 or 24. Um, basically future. said like he's going to be the future of this company in WWE and lo and behold here we are and it's actually become a reality and I think as a talker and as an ambassador for the company I think Drew is going to be really really good um, and it's now really to see who would dethrone Drew um, that's quite exciting uh, compared to who would dethrone Braun. I think that's, you know, if, if you want eyes on the products, you most likely you'll probably watch Raw. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, if he's back, it'll be Roman and Braun. If he's 
if SummerSlam is in normal flow, it will be Brock Drew rematch, similar to the way they did Seth, um, but Drew will be defending. And whoever feuds with Drew now, Drew demands you know you match his physicality in the ring, and he's passionate about what he's doing and his craft. And you'll see that that sort of in. You remember when Drew won the NXT title? His defenses were so intense, and his matches were so intense. And we can expect the same thing. Um, yeah, and especially now. Just hope he doesn't get an injury like he did in NXT. Yeah, exactly, and obviously he is going to push that locker room who, again, were all saying the same thing, that he's going to be a great leader. And now Scotland make five champions across all WWE faction, uh, companies, you know, with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. Yeah. Five champions from Scotland. But, I mean, it was a unique WrestleMania, too big for one night. You know, they quickly swinged it and they swinged it well. If you pay the, let's be honest, in America, the extortionate prices, you got six and a half hours of wrestling, which was pretty decent. Um, and yeah, you know, it's come and gone now. Where does it, you know, a brief summary for you overall of the two nights of WrestleMania? I think it, it shows that WWE have the ability to build exciting content and almost make WWE feel like the entertainment business that it should be. But if they're going to do that, then they obviously need to continue doing these kind of one-off specials. You know, we talked about it on last week's podcast. Do a WWE in your house. You know, do some of these really kind of fun interactions that kind of develop and build further storylines and all these different elements to them as well. Um, obviously, as I said on socials, there was, in my opinion, some wrong decisions, mm. but really, I guess it depends on what happens in the future between now and when this, you know, pandemic ends. Mm, definitely. And, um, there's not much to talk about, obviously, with Raw because it wasn't a post-WrestleMania Raw. It was just a Raw full of matches quickly to make up the three hours that they could as fast as they can with segments and stuff. It wasn't a real representation of what they could do. But I'm not talking about Raw, but just in general, what can WWE do? Because obviously Vince has come saying everything's going to go back to normal soon. But again, that's all dependent on the lockdown being lifted um, and people being able to wrestle again. But how do you think it's going to go over the next four weeks? I think a lot. it's, you know, I reckon WWE have obviously taped matches. I think for the first time in WWE for a while, we're going to get a lot of long-term booking. So Seth Rollins going, for example, development talent and keep beating them and beating them and beating them to basically prove a point to Owens. So that's an easy way you can continue the feud. Um, Becky Lynch basically could easily do a promo saying who's next, what's going on, and no one answers the call. And then a couple of weeks later, you get Shayna come out and just annihilate her or Ronda. I think you, you, that's how you're going to have to do it. You you just need to do that long-term booking thing. Why don't, um, why don't WWE just do, like, you know, oh, next week is the... Do an off-season. No, no, but just, just, just feel raw saying, look, obviously due to the, 
pandemic, we can't show you live. So what we're doing is something special. Next week one of April is the Stone Cold Steve Austin Raw, where some of his the countdown to his best Raw moments, and then week two is the Rock and the best of his Raw moment. You know, people will probably get more viewers. Well, do you know what I was going to do, or what I would have done? Do Southpaw wrestling ends on WrestleMania, so WrestleMania ends. Then you do a season, no one would like a season of Southpaw wrestling until. Everything is back to normal, and as soon as everything's back to normal, then you you start the new season. At least by doing the Southpaw wrestling, a it's WWE programming. B they can do the most funniest, wackiest stuff because it relates to what they've done with the Boneyard match, and they can have a champion and all these different kind of things to it. And if it does really well, newsflash, you've then got a programming. Um, you know, the content, if you will, for basically the WWE network. Mm. And it's not going to take anything away from what exists. I think that's, you know, that's how it should end. And you could then have, you know, the Gronk going around with the 24-7 title and it, it just would work better. But WWE instead, WWE obviously opted to go the route of... Um, you know, just continuing the thing. You know, I, I use the example from AEW. Jericho's basically banned all fans until he says so. It's genius because it's relatable exactly. to what's going on. Exactly. But we'll see what happens, Lee. We will see what happens. Indeed. Indeed. Tom will tell. <laughs> well, listeners, obviously, uh, me and Lee will bring you a show each week during the lockdown. Um, if nothing is happening then it will be a much, much, much shorter episode where me and Lee will just be, in the words of Austin, shooting the breeze, chatting about <laughs> random wrestling things. You know, it could be wrestling figures, wrestling games, you know, old school wrestling matches, things like that. Just some dumb stuff. But we'll see what happens. Um, Lee, have you got anything to say to the listeners before we go? No, I think a lot of it is... I think, actually, there is one thing. I don't know if WWE actually talked about this, but currently, if anyone is not on the WWE Network, they're actually doing the network for free, um, not a three-month trial or anything like that. It's uh, legit free, so you can watch a lot of the classic wrestling matches. Everything but WrestleMania, of course. Um, so it's a really good opportunity that if you are a big fan, you know you don't have much money, understandably, with everything going on at the moment um a great recommendation for me is edges 24 um and yeah as long as you've got an account the network's free at the moment excellent excellent and listeners we'll see you next week until then stay safe stay at home watch wrestling good night everybody <laughs>